Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the morning briefing on Intercom's ConnectingVets.com. Connecting vets every day. That last part, that's in our slogan because that's what we are all about. Each and every member of our team is a veteran and wants to help veterans get the information that they need to know and the information that we think is pretty cool and you might want to know. How about Jesse Awuji? He's a naval officer, played football at the Navy Academy, then went as a surface warfare officer out to sea on a deployment one night, thought, what do I want to do when I get out of the Navy? Got up, walked over to his whiteboard and wrote down, become a race car driver. Well, guess what? Jesse Awuji now drives in the NASCAR K&N and ARCA series and has got big things up ahead of him. His NASCAR K&N series car actually has a football tie, seems appropriate since he played football at the Academy. Former NFL All-Pro Sean Merriman owns that K&N series car that Jesse Awuji drives. You can find stories like that and oh so much more at ConnectingVets.com and by following us on social media where we are at ConnectingVets on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Our next guest is returning to the show with a bit of an update since the last time that we spoke. You see, Dan Crenshaw, former SEAL and guy who has, uh, you know, one of the coolest glass eyes I've ever seen in my life, lost one of his eyes to an IED did not let that slow him down at all. Actually deployed after it, ends up getting out of the Navy eventually, going to school, and now is running for Congress down in Houston. Last we spoke to Dan, he was early on in the primary, and there were, I don't know, 70, 80 people that seemed to be running for this congressional seat down in Houston, Texas. Well, it's come down to a runoff between Dan and one other man for the Republican nomination. And Dan joins us today to talk about this whole process and what he's been experiencing. Dan, good morning, and thanks so much for coming back on the show. Good morning. Yeah, it's good to be back on the show. Thanks for having me, Eric. It's our pleasure, of course, and anyone who uh, who doesn't know your story, you can go and check it out. We have the story on ConnectingVets.com. Of course, uh, an IED nearly taking your life, but you are still here and you are doing big things. As I mentioned, running for the congressional seat down in Houston. Last we spoke, it was, you know, you were feeling good about your chances. How do you feel now that you've actually made it to the runoff where it's a, a mono mano competition between you and one other man? Well, we, we definitely feel better and better. Um, you know, when we spoke last time, we were just starting out. I, was that December? Or yeah, in I any case, it, it was, was early. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. It was very early um, in the election cycle. That's. It was a pretty atypical way to uh, you know, run for Congress. Usually, you want to start about a year out, um, six months to a year out, because you really need time to sort of build up name ID. Uh, build, get your campaign team together, and just you know, just let people know who you are, what your story is, and what your message is. And that's uh, extremely difficult to do in two months. So we were we were very far behind the power curve. Um, all of the political experts thought we had no shot at all. You know, I think the common the common phrase we would hear was, you know, we really like you guys. Hey, it, no matter what happens, in case you know if this doesn't work out, like you still got a future. And everybody would say that to my wife and I, and. Uh, 
you know, we just took it in and, and thought, well, I, I don't know. I think I think we can win this if we just work hard enough and, and we connect with enough people. And, um, and, and because that's in the end what it's all about. With you know, when you when you look past all the political strategy and, and numbers and, and and statistics that are used and polling, I mean, it's in the end it's just about connecting with people. Are you are you an effective messenger? Or are you not? And th- that's what I focused on: effective messaging and getting it in front of as many people as possible. And it worked and we got a ton of momentum really, really late. Um, you know, right at the end of early voting in, in late February. And by the time election day hit, we were, we were first place out of nine candidates by about 8%. So now that doesn't mean we won the whole thing uh, because like I said, that momentum didn't happen until uh, really late. And it turns out, uh, ballot by mail starts coming out, you know, 30 days before an election. So that was February, early February, first week of February. Uh, we had only had really, realistically, a month to get our name out and let people know about us. So a lot of senior citizens who maybe don't go on Facebook or don't look at the Internet, mm. uh, but only look at mail pieces coming in, uh, never even heard about me. So we lost a big on those on those numbers, but we were able to make them up on election day. It's a pretty cool story. We, we got another runoff by 155 votes, uh, which is a pretty significant achievement. It really proves that every vote counts. We're speaking with Dan Crenshaw. Dan, of course, is running for Congress down in Houston, former Navy SEAL, and one of our wounded warriors. And Dan, as you mentioned, you came on the show and it was very early in the process. In fact, I think we were one of your first uh, interviews that you had done after declaring that you were running for Congress. And you asked me some okay. questions about doing interviews and, and the difference in going on TV. Since then, I've seen you pop up on Fox News. I've seen you doing one-armed push-ups, telling everybody how easy they are and making me feel bad for being a disgusting fat body and all the other things that you've been doing out there. What's that process been like? And, and do you still feel like yourself after having to, uh, you know, go in front of the cameras, the microphones and, and all the different things that a politician can do? Do, do you ever feel like uh, Dan Crenshaw and who you are is slipping away from you with all the publicity and all the responsibilities that come along with a political campaign? Uh, I don't feel that way yet. Um, I guess that's, that's a good question. I've never haven't been asked that question. Uh <laughs> I don't feel that way. I mean, I, I, I'm certainly more comfortable um, getting up in front of people, getting up in front of the TV. I'm used to it by now. Um, this, this has been quite the race. Uh, it's, it's a, it, there's a lot of focus on it because of all the money that came into it, uh, because of where it is in the district, and you know, because we're replacing a, an amazing guy, Judge Poe. So, you know, I think there is a little bit more focus on this race than than your usual congressional race. At least it seems that way to me. So it's given me the opportunity. And also because it's early, I'll say that too, because it's because it's an early primary. So you know, throughout the country, a lot of primaries don't happen until much later. Uh, but here in Texas, we do it. We get it out of the way really quick. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and so I think it's, so there's been a lot of focus on it because of that. And um, it's given me the opportunity to get a lot of practice. <laughs> so uh, I don't feel like I'm any different. So, um, you know, in the end, we, we started out with core convictions. Uh, we we'll continue with those core convictions. I have no incentive to change that because it, it's working. Uh, so, so I don't want to change myself. People, I think, appreciate that I'm one of them, uh, that, I, that I speak really from my heart, and I'm very genuine and honest about, um, you know, I'm not afraid to, to disagree here and there. It's just what I say is, is what I mean. And um, that's what voters are looking for. They're they're not looking for 
negative campaigning or political games. And, and right now I'm in a race where that is 100 percent what the other side is doing. You know, when we first talked afterwards, uh, we were setting up a trip to go visit our friend Don Shipley, retired SEAL senior chief, who's uh, become most well-known probably for finding and outing the fake SEALs out there. When I told him that I'd spoken to you, Don laughed and said, you tell that guy, I've verified him more than anybody else. His people call up and I tell them, yeah, he's legit. He has these qualifications. Even some fellow former SEALs uh, apparently had called him up saying, there's no way that this guy's for real. I mean, you know, he can't be legit. Don verified that you are. Of course you are. We know that you are. We've been able to uh, to talk to you before about this. When it comes to your military service, when it comes to being a member of the SEAL community, which is so vaunted and held in such high regard, is it ever a balancing act for you for how much you want to focus on that as opposed to you know the actual issues that you're running on? Because I, I don't think being a SEAL is really a big part of your, your campaign promises to anybody. It's really a part of your past. But how do you deal with balancing those issues? Uh, you do need to balance it. You have to stay true to the community that you came from. Uh, we, and as a SEAL community, we do have a very critical way of, of, of looking at other seals who, who become famous. Um, but you know, I balance it in, in this way. I'm doing it for the right reasons. Mm. Am I doing it for personal gain? Uh, I'm doing it for public service. And, and I certainly don't hide the fact that I was a seal in the past. I mean, you have to share yourself with voters. It would be crazy not to. Um, and it, it, you know, anybody who's running for office, you, you have to open yourself up. You have to open up your history to voters. You have to let them get to know you. Um, so I, you know, I certainly don't think that's selling out my, uh, my seal heritage, but, um, but it is a, a fine balance. You don't want to only run on that either. Uh, you have to deliver something else. It, you know, my, my story and my background kind of gets my foot in the door with voters, but it doesn't convince them to vote for me. Uh, they have to hear from me. They have to hear my vision. They can't just hear about my past. They have to hear about the future. And, and I knew that from the beginning. Um, and, and that's what I focused on. You, know, you have to prioritize what you're going to do for this country and, and what you're going to do for conservatives, what you're going to do for the party. That's, that's really what voters want to hear. They want to, they want to be able to believe in a future. And you know, that's why we stick to positive campaigning uh, when even though my opponent goes completely negative, he, he talks more about me than he talks about himself. And um, voters are tired of it. And, it's, it's, and I think it's going to go well for us and, and bad for our opponents. Well, Dan Crenshaw, former Navy SEAL, retired Navy SEAL, he is running for Congress down in Houston and is now in a runoff for the Republican nomination. And that vote's coming up fairly soon, isn't it, Dan? I mean, how are you feeling as you get closer and closer to it? I know SEALs are, of course, known for having nerves of steel. That's how everybody always puts it. But heading towards this this watershed moment in your life, what could be a life-changing moment, how are you feeling in the lead-up to it? We feel, we feel good. We feel confident. We're not overconfident. The uh, early early voting starts May 14th through the 18th. Uh, ballot by mail has already started. Mm. Uh, the election itself is on May 22nd. So May 14th to 18th, and then May 22nd. So it, it's challenging because uh, there's there's hardly any other elections going on, which means people are really just going to vote for, for this election and a couple of judge seats. That's the challenging part, that turnout isn't that high. If who do you guarantee 100,000 people going turning out to vote? I'd feel extremely confident. But um, it's not that easy. You've got to get out the vote. We've got to get people up and to the polls. 
You know, one thing that you touched on just a moment ago was the fact that I, I know that there are conversations within the special operations community, the ranger community. I mean, everywhere that you go where you have these uh, these people who have achieved something very special within the military of, you know, what is appropriate for doing afterwards? And are you selling out your, you know, what you did and what you stand for and the whole the quiet professional ethos? Overall, both from the special operations community and the veteran community, what kind of response have you gotten from them? Have you gotten overall a positive response from your fellow vets? Absolutely. Um, and it, I think it's because you can sense when someone is doing it for personal gain and when someone is not. And I, I'm clearly not doing it for personal gain. This is this is 100% about public service. And I don't overplay it. You know, it's uh, your, your community senses whether you're exaggerating your record or making yourself out to be a hero and, you know, and it might not be necessary. I think there's there's a true sense of that from back in the community. I'm very careful about that because uh, it still is it still is my home in a, in a lot of ways, the SEAL teams. And uh, it's extremely important to me that I do not disappoint my the brotherhood. So, but, but, over, but overall, the, the response is overwhelmingly good. Well, and it seems like you've gotten uh, a lot of support from the community in general. One thing I did want to ask you about, because I noticed this on social media and paying attention to this, it looks like some of your supporters may have gotten a little bit overzealous and maybe pulling out some campaign signs of your opponent and things like that. I mean, when you look at something like that, it's not you doing it. I hope it's not Dan Crenshaw running around ripping out campaign <laughs> signs. That would be kind of silly. But, you know, how do you deal with the fact that you, you, you're you coming to a possible position where you'll essentially be a part of the community that represents people and people may do things on behalf of you that you never asked them to do? Uh, is that something that you never really expected or how do you view it? it from what, you know, this is my first time in politics, but you know, you followed the presidential campaign. You followed a lot of different campaigns. These kind of things happen. You know, we don't we don't approve of it by any means. Um, you know, <laughs> I would say I would say allegedly there's somebody of supporter of mine pulling out ah. signs. Um, it, it, it could also be an HOA, um, you know, guy, and they put pictures. My opponent, my opponent, just wants to create controversy. If you look at his Facebook page versus my Facebook page, mine is all about positivity. And his is all about controversy. You know that's that is it. That's a huge difference in the way we campaign, right? He'll 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 attack me negatively. He'll he'll twist my words. He'll put out attack ads, and then he'll turn around and say, "I can't believe they're stealing my signs." <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, really? You know? And, and the, they posted a picture of what clearly to me looks like an HOA administrative truck ah. pulling out signs. I mean, that that's to me what it looks like. I uh, but we don't know. And it, if it's one of our supporters, and we of course condemn it, and we should report it, and vice versa, it, it's happened to us dozens of times. Our signs, or the thing that was happening with our big signs, where they're getting cut in half, we don't we don't care to report it. We know this happens. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna accuse the other side of doing it. It's just mm. it's not worth it. Um, you know, and and we're not gonna be drugged into this mud this wrestling match in the mud with him. Um, just because he always wants to be negative. And uh, it's just, it, that's not what people want. Uh, people are really, truly tired of it. Um, that's why we're not doing it. Has the negativity been the least favorite part for you of getting into the arena of politics? Because obviously, as we were just talking about, you've dealt with some, but if you make it to D.C., you may see it on a whole nother level, my friend. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not fun. That part isn't fun. 
there's there's no there's no way to sugarcoat that. I, I, I don't like someone twisting my words and manipulating the truth uh, just to try and get ahead. It's uh, it's not how I do things, uh, but apparently it is how some politicians do things, and my opponent is certainly one of them. Uh, they will attempt to win at all costs, score strength campaign, and and uh, they're, they're proving that on a daily basis. It's, it's really a sign of desperation, but it's just, yeah, so absolutely. It's, it, it is one of my least favorite things because there's a lot of really positive things about campaigning. Um, just, just really just meeting voters, getting voters excited to actually, you know, look, look into the future and, and believe in something. That, that part to me really makes up for it. Um, but we just have to put our heads down and get through May 22nd so that we can, again, focus on the voters and then, and then do it all over again with the Democrats. I, I you know, if, if my Republican opponent will do this, I can't even imagine what the Democrats will do. But, you know, we'll wait and see. We're speaking with Dan Crenshaw, who is in a runoff for the Republican nomination for a congressional seat based out of Houston, Texas. Dan is a retired Navy SEAL and really an amazing story in his entire background. As we said, Don Shipley himself can verify how amazing Dan's story is and all of his qualifications that he received while serving on the SEAL teams. And now putting himself through the ringer a little bit, going into politics and now in this runoff where you're starting to see some of that mud get slung around. I know that some of the veterans we've talked to who are serving in Congress, like Congressman Mast, when he was in here and we were talking to him about you, a lot of them are keeping an eye on you. I believe some of them have probably spoken to you uh, to some extent. Have you gotten any advice from your fellow vets in politics on how to handle the whole campaigning thing, uh, the negatives and the positives? And if so, what kind of stuff have they been telling you? A little. So, you know, the, 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 the main message is exactly what you would think it is. If you can get in front of people, then it's easy to convince them that the, the lies being told about you aren't true. You, you, but you have to do the work and get in front of people and, and get that face-to-face connection. And that's what we do. Um, that's what we do because it, these, these, this politician I'm up against, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really believe in that kind of core, the, the, those core values of honor and integrity that, that those of us in the military just naturally believe in that you you shouldn't accuse somebody of something unless you have the entire truth. They don't, they don't work that way um, at all. And, and it's kind of surprising for us to see. I mean, I just got out of the military where I'm used to this, this, these sort of this set of core values. And then you come and you deal with a person who's a one-term politician and, and works for, for, works for a law firm that does um, uh, trial, you know, full of trial lawyers. They have a very different set of values, mm. very different. Um, and uh, it's it's just a world I'm not used to. Uh, that doesn't mean we can't fight against it. I mean, like, like I say, you know, we were we had a mission in Afghanistan or Iraq, and we would often get cowardly fire and and, and rounds hitting us uh, from the sides. But we just hunker down and keep going. We don't we don't turn the mission around, and um, and that's what's happening now. You know, when you're over in Iraq or Afghanistan, uh, the mission that's over there, one of the difficulties is often you got to figure out first who exactly the enemy is and where they are, because it's, it's not, this isn't World War II, you know, these aren't uniformed people that are mm-hmm. coming after us. Uh, once you can identify the uh, the individuals that you need to go after, it often gets easier. Have you found that in this campaign with getting down to the runoff spot that not having to deal with uh, the multitude of candidates that there were for the nomination now that it's just one-on-one, has that made things uh, a little bit easier on you in any way was it in some ways yes in some ways no um 
you know, I, the, the nice part before March 6th was it, it was largely positive. Uh, I didn't see a lot of mudslinging, at least towards me. Uh, there was mudslinging, but uh, I managed to stay out of it. And and now because, you know, it, it seems like we're well ahead of our competitor, that the mudslinging is, is pretty extreme. Um, so it, it's, it's easier in the sense that we've got more resources. Uh, you know, we were working out of my living room before, and now we've got an office, which is, which is really <laughs> great. Uh, we've expanded our team. And uh, so we've truly professionalized the, the organization a lot. And, um, and it's, it's, it's really cool to see the growth of the campaign, especially from my perspective, as somebody who's never even seen a campaign. So uh, <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's becoming a lot of fun. We're really, really proud of the team we have. It's just uh, it's amazing and, and, and such a blessing when you see the kind of people who come into your life uh, out of nowhere. And, and, and help make this happen because, you know, we didn't have any of these connections before. We had zero, zero yeah. political connections. I'd been coming back from a long time away uh, from the community. So it's not as if I was able to uh, rally and network uh, to my cause. You know, we had to do it all grassroots, all from the ground up. And uh, that's what we did. We're speaking with Dan Crenshaw, who's running for a congressional seat based out of Houston, Texas. He is in a runoff for the Republican nomination for uh, that, that election that is coming up later on. Dan, we talk to veterans every day. I mean, that's my job, literally, here at ConnectingVets.com, is to talk to vets. And a lot of them complain about politicians. Not that many get involved. Now, we have a number of veterans serving in Congress. Uh, we do not have anywhere near the number that we should on congressional staffs. Only 2% of congressional staff members have worn any uniform. Uh, what would you say to those veterans out there who might consider getting into politics on the local level, the national level? Uh, is it something that you would recommend that they do? It absolutely is. Um, you know, not just because misery loves company, but, <laughs> but because but because it's it really is true. You know, it's, it's about service. Don't it's, it's not a job. It's a calling. And uh, that's, you know, when I was in the SEAL teams, it was not a job. It was a calling. Now, I, I will say it was a very enjoyable job. <laughs> um, even even in my worst moments with the SEAL teams, I, I just can't imagine being anywhere else. Mm. Uh, politics is a little different. Uh, the, the job is, is maybe not as rewarding. You're, you're, you're being, you are being taken down um, a lot. And but you have to look at it like a calling. It's a public service. You're doing it for a good reason. So I think you should absolutely get involved, especially those local politics, the school board seats. Um, you know, and that's really where America happens. And we forget about that sometimes. We all just kind of look at the latest news on the president and this and that. But you know, and especially you know, I'm a Republican, so I come at this from a very Republican standpoint, which is I want government to happen at the local level. I want the federal government out of the local level to the greatest extent possible. So always encouraging people to get more involved in their local politics. You know, if you really care about, about affecting people's lives, you're affecting your community, get involved in those local races, get involved in those state races. Um, Americans tend to forget about that, and, and we shouldn't. You know, we should really be involved. I think it's especially, you know, the veterans who who are out there who, who have those core set of values that I talked about before, you know, honor, honor courage, and commitment. I mean, we can all just say those things right away, right? Because whether you're in the army or navy, or yeah. and and the fact that we can just kind of that we can just repeat it so quickly, you know, that, that means something. Um, it means something to us. I don't think we even realize it until we get out. 
how 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 deeply ingrained those values are mm. in our in, in our in our in our person in our in our in our, in our core. Um, I certainly did it and until I got out, and I realized what everybody <laughs> how things were on the outside. Like I said, dealing with trial lawyers who um, who, who don't care about whether they're manipulating of the truth or not. They just don't. And that's very strange to me. That's just not, that's not a, a group of people I encountered in the military. So um, you should get involved. Uh, you should bring your core set of values to the, to the public service sphere and um, you know, help change America for the good. Be the change you want to see, like they say. And it's funny, you talk about ingrained things that you just pick up and your core values. It's not just that. Like, I think I could probably get at least nine or ten, if not all of my 11 general orders, if you really pressed me right now. One thing I know is that Dan Crenshaw... Don't ask me that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Dan Crenshaw has this election coming up. He is in the runoff for the Republican nomination for this congressional seat down in Houston, Texas. And, Dan, if you happen to uh, be victorious in both this and then the upcoming election against a Democratic competitor, and you come to D.C., well, we hope to see you in studio at least uh, once or twice. Sound like a deal? Sounds like a deal, Eric. I really appreciate you having me. (laughs) Absolutely. And if people want to find out more about your campaign and find out more about you, where can they go to do so? They can go to CrenshawForCongress.com. That's C-R-E-N-S-H-A-W-F-O-R-Congress.com. CrenshawForCongress.com. Find anything you need there. Dan Crenshaw, my shipmate, retired Navy SEAL, running for Congress down there in Houston. Thank you so much for your time and taking a a few minutes out of your busy schedule. We appreciate it so much, man. Of course. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.